There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, and welcome back to the Grief Gang podcast with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. The message behind the Grief Gang is to normalize the topic of conversation that is grief. People living with grief can often feel ashamed, isolated, and alone. This podcast was created to break those taboos after I myself experienced all of those feelings after the loss of my mum in 2016. I decided enough was enough and we need to talk about this. You'll hear on this podcast an array of stories and experiences, some being my own and some being fantastic guest episodes and their incredible stories. You'll laugh, you'll cry, but I hope above all, I hope you'll learn. I hope you'll learn that you are not alone in your grief journey, that you have a voice and it should be heard, that you and your grief matter. So without further ado, I'll let you enjoy the episode. Happy listening. Hello, hello, hello. How the devil are we? Welcome to the Death Dilemmas episode. With me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. I feel a bit rusty. You must be so bored of me saying that. I feel a bit rusty um, when I do solo episodes. But I've made a deal with myself to be like, Amber, you need to get back on the mic. Just you, yourself and I. Um, because I do enjoy it, as you can see in the smile on my face. But I get a bit nervy bee, darlings. I get a bit nervy bee, even though so many of you reach out and say, oh, we love ones of just you. That's not shitting on any guests. <laughs> But yeah, I'm biting the bullet and I'm going to be trying to come back just a little bit more with me on solo episodes. So let's see how it goes. And I thought none other to kind of, uh, you know, dust off the old hat. Dust, fuck no, just dust it all off. Um, to come up with a Death Dilemma episode. So now, if you have been here for a while, you'll know what the Death Dilemma episode is. If you haven't, the Death Dilemma episode, it is when I put a call out on the Instagram and uh, the Grief Gang uh, social medias and I ask you, 
What's your dilemmas? What's your griefy death dilemmas? Your like situations that you're in, things that are bothering you and to just share it with me, a listening friend, a listening ear because we are all friends here. And so huge disclaimer before we get into it. As you know, I'm not a professional. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I am just a fellow griever who's I'd probably say a bit of a veteran now. I'm approaching my six years, which isn't really veterany, to be honest, but I do feel quite old in my grief. Um, and just, yeah, imagine this episode, just me and you are sitting down. We're asking each other questions. I'm sharing some of my experience to some of these that I can relate to. And then sometimes I might call upon a friend who can help me out, which I have done today for one specific dilemma that has come in. Before I kickstart into it, I do want to let you guys know if you follow on the Instagram or not, you might just listen to the podcast, not bother with the old socials. Um, I, myself, and my lovely, lovely sister in grief, Poppy Chancellor of the account, The Grief Case, have started a Patreon account. Now, if you don't know what a Patreon account is, a Patreon account is a um, it's like a subscription-based service where creators are on there to kind of sustain their profession and again if you've been here for a while you know that Poppy and I have been working together for quite a long time now like two years now we've become the greatest of friends and we thought we'd really like to create an intimate space for our communities to come over and have those delicate conversations that kind of the likes of Instagram and the fast-paced social media can't really hold and so we kick-started it at the end of April beginning of May and we of starting our first book club, which we're so excited about. We're reading uh, Grief is Love by Marissa Renee Lee. So that's one part of our patron. So we've got a book club, a TV and film club. We're going to be doing live videos like our Instagram lives that we were doing, some pre-recorded videos with some really special guests that you know and love, and some workshops, some virtual and hopefully in-person workshops too, so we can get a bit creative. So if that sounds up your street, you can look at the episode details on wherever you're listening at. I'll pop a little link there or head over to both of our socials and the link is in our bio and it is called Unpacking Grief because a bloody lot to unpack there, isn't it? And yeah, we're really quite excited for it. We've um, we've got a few people signed up to join in our book club. And so we're really, really keen for it. And we hope that you will join us. But enough about that. I suppose we should get into these dilemmas. So yeah, we had quite a few. I say we, I, I say we, like who is it? It's just me. <laughs> I'm going to kickstart. And all names are left uh, anonymous obviously confidentiality safety if there are names in the dilemma I will change them out or my lovely editor Ross will bleep bleep them out so let's kick start into it so I'm going to be looking over this way I'm looking at my iPad and going back and forth between screenshots and my doc and stuff like that so our first dilemma this first dilemma it made made me laugh because I could just imagine this person in this moment so here it is What to do when you have a massive brain fog moment, something like not remembering the word for a dog. Me last week, quotations, fluffy thing, cute. People have them for pets. Take them on walks. This is so real. Brain fog is fucking real in grief. And I wrote a few little notes down to kind of 
probe myself because I, I think I've got a tendency for when I do deaf dilemmas going off on a tangent about one specific point to it and then be like, oh shit, I haven't said about that. So I've got a few notes down. So when brain fog for me, and this is all in my own personal experience with it, when brain fog kind of comes and whenever somebody has asked me like, what do I do in that moment? It's kind of like, what can you do? Your brain is literally fogging. It's literally got a cloud in front of it. There's not really much you can do. So I would say you kind of need to sit with it. Let it come in. Let it pass over. I think in terms when I've had brain fog really coming in and really fucking like, I can imagine, <laughs> what's the word for a dog? What is it? To sit with it, to let it come in. The more you resist it and try to battle it, the more it's going to intensify. And that's what I've known. I mean, you're really trying to, it's when the word is on the tip of your tongue. And you're like, oh, and the more you think about it, and then maybe like 20 minutes later, it'll just come to you. And you're like, oh, that's what that's what the name for a dog is, a dog. And to also be gentle with yourself when these moments come in. I know it's so frustrating. You get really pissed off with yourself. You're like, what the fuck am I doing? Why can't I remember this? Why am I literally like in the aisle of a supermarket and I've just completely forgot why on earth I'm down this aisle or you've walked into a room and you're like just in the depths of you're having a really low down. You're like, what the fuck did I come in here for? It can be really frustrating on yourself and you can really beat yourself up and berate yourself for being like, oh my God, just get your shit together. Like, fuck me. But to really just, just pause, to pause. That's something that I've learned because <laughs> I am very much, I will get very frustrated with myself and I notice that I get a right tears and really angry at myself. And I'm kind of learning to just be like, Amber, let the brain fog pass through. It's not going to be here forever. Don't worry. <laughs> You'll be okay. Brain fog is real. Let it in. Let it pass over. Next dilemma. This one is all about guilt. Cure. Don't we know about guilt, right? How do you deal with guilt after a loss? Brackets. Lost my grandma of COVID last month. I'm so sorry. That's so fresh. Um, what I've wrote down, I actually did way back when, um, in the very early days of the podcast, uh, a whole episode on guilt. So if you want to, I would say go back and listen to that. Um, I should probably go back and listen to it really kind of see what I was saying in there <laughs> but I'm not just going to say go back and listen to listen to that episode but guilt within grief is real and that can have so many different connotations I don't know maybe depending on how your person died and situations around it and in my context the kind of guilt that I did live with and there's a key part that I did live with I don't live with it anymore I don't live with that guilt um I used to really beat myself up about um, not picking up the signs of my mum's foreseeable heart attack. So for more more context of that was my mum's heart attack was inevitable. So the doctors told us, he said it was always going to be on the cards, like her heart was weak or some shit like that. And I remember, yeah, he's he kind of said, you know, she might have um, felt some kind of flutters maybe in her heart and uh, that might have been an instigation. And then months after that, it wasn't immediate guilt for me with that. Once he said that, I didn't kind of sit in and go, oh, I, I, I fucked it. I lived with her. I should have seen it we, we, every day together. Um, it was a good like seven months after my mum died and that's when the guilt kind of started seeping in and I remember really one specific time I was on the staff bus on the way to work and I remember thinking I wonder if 
she had a she had a really chesty cough back in like the February of that year of 2016. I remember thinking, I wonder if I forced her to go to the doctors and get that checked out. Would they have picked up that there was something wrong with her heart and maybe have gone for more testings? And I sat with that for quite a long time. And I'll be totally honest, I can't really, I don't, I can't know or when that kind of changed of how I went, Amber, you've got to let this go. You've got to let this guilt go. There was nothing I could have done. Potentially even, I think I actually may have consulted somebody about it. I can't remember whom, but um, I think I said, you know, if I had forced her to go to the doctors around that time of year, about six months before she died, would I have picked up on it? And they were like, they probably, she would have gone to the doctor said, I've got a chesty cold, it's February, it's winter. They would have gone, here's some antibiotics or something, off you go. And so that kind of gave me a bit of peace of mind, but it still stuck with me for quite some time. Guilt is very natural. And like I said, for me, there was no kind of switch off with it. I think I, I was, I think I was, I got to a point where I was so tired of guilt tripping myself. So guilty. Like I was tired of the guilt. And I think you do get a bit tired of the guilt and you eventually go, oh, fuck this. I can't live with this. I know that's so much easier said than done. So much easier said than done. And it's going to take it's going to take time. And I know that time is a healer. I'm not about to sit here and say time is a healer. But guilt is very real. And you do have to sit with these things. All these feelings in grief, right? There's always that age old saying you've got to feel it to heal it and feel, let it all in. And I'm a true advocate of that. I do like a platitudes, guys. Um, and so I can totally imagine hearing this now when you were literally a month into your grief, you might be like, fuck off, Amber. But it will ease. It will ease. I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to pass. I can't talk for your life and say, yeah, next amount of time it's going to go away. It will ease. I do get bouts of guilt too. And there's so much, there's so much more that you can feel guilt about too. There's so, there's guilt in everything, you know, could I have told them I loved them more? Could I, could I've gone out with them more? Could I spent time with them more? And I think that's the natural, but when you look, you always think, and even the people that I have met who were, I don't know, and I'm not saying that you weren't with your grandmother, you know, tighter than tight, like every day did so many things together, told each other they loved each other every time they hung up the phone. It's never enough, is it? It's never going to be enough. We will always feel that I could have done more. I could have said more. I could have been more. Guilt is fucking real. And that's what I'm going to say. It's all fucking real because it's all, this is all natural parts of grief. And I just want to say, yeah, it will ease up. It will ease up. I'm not going to sit here and say it's ever going to go away because I'd be a hypocrite to say that because I do still feel guilt sometimes around things, but it will ease up. So all my love. All right. Next dilemma. This one hits a bit, you know, because it's uh, it's a bit similar to uh, kind of something I'm going through now. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not laughing at the situation. I'm laughing at my own life because it's quite active actually right now. And I'm probably going to be maybe a bit hypocritical and actually should probably take my own advice in this uh, in this dilemma. But that's what I love about you guys is when you write in, sometimes you read me for filth. And you give me a bit of a reality check. So, this dilemma. My dad's partner announced she's getting married next year. Dad has been dead for 18 months. They were together for five years. Did he mean anything? All of his photos are replaced with her new partner. 
the first thing I think that is coming to mind for me that I'm 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 thinking about is what is your relationship like like with your dad's partner and whether it is a trusting relationship and whether you still remain close or have relations with each other where you could go and ask these questions and or just not even if there is a question just to share your feelings of that you think did dad mean anything so that's immediately what's kind of coming to me but before I take a bit more of a deep dive on that the reason why this situation is quite close to me um and it's a a little different might be totally different you might listen be like oh that's nothing to do with this my parents uh separated when I was about 14 15 um and it was a very toxic relationship um for quite a long time and so when mum died obviously they were still separated but um dad's was and still is a really you know they were married for how many years and had two children together so he is very much um a very special link and connection that I have to mum and my dad since their separation um dated has dated and um as of recently has um a new relationship and um if you're watching this you'll see the 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 smile on my face um I'm wondering if my brother's listening to this (laughs) but there's been a change. There has been a change and I'm not going to go into airing dirty laundry at the moment. I don't know. I might find the words for it at a later date, but it's very different and it's quite hard to navigate at the moment. I won't lie. And I do feel a bit lost in it because it does kind of feel like, um, although my parents were separated, the relation between my dad and I was very much, we would speak about mum a lot and would spend quite some time together talking about her. And now this new person is in the scene and they're still quite early doors. There's been a change and it does feel a little like um, I've lost a link to my mum and kind of that safety and there's probably elements of abandonment in there. Fuck me, it's just turned into a therapy session. <laughs> and, you know, he's my only remaining parent left and stuff like that. But I am totally with this person their dilemma of the question that they asked of, did they mean anything? And maybe right now in my situation I'm probably not the best to answer it but I'm really going to try my best and kind of we're going through similar things together so I totally resonate with the question that you ask and the open why question of yeah did did they mean anything and going back to what I asked earlier of wondering what your relationship is like with with your stepmom and if it is an option for you to speak with her to say I know you've got a new partner. I don't know how you feel about that. Like, do you feel happy for her that she's found a new partner? Um, To have that open dialogue of this is how I feel. Dad has been dead for 18 months. And that's not not me sitting here. I'm not about to sit here and dictate what is long enough. Even that long enough. um, What time frame somebody should have a new partner that's not my that's not my dictation at all but 
I feel like potentially in this dilemma, that is kind of a bit how you're feeling. You emphasizing dad's been dead for 18 months. For you, I get, I'm, I'm gathering and assuming maybe that's me being a wrong assumption that that feels too soon for you. And I think speaking from my situation, is there ever a right time? Maybe that's out of line for me to say and projecting my own shit. Is there any a right time? Will it always, will there ever be a time where kind of somebody will walk into the people that we love's life where our person once sat and took that space? Will it ever feel like initially, instantly okay? I want to also say too with this one as well is that, and again, don't shoot me down, but we do have to respect and acknowledge that the people we lose so in this in this scenario so for you you've lost your dad and for your stepmom she's lost her life partner and although you have lost the same individual those are two completely different relations even like for me and my brother we both lost the exact same mum and the same role model in our life but we had two different relationships and respecting that, I think when it comes and hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh, jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello. Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is what I've learned from many people who have lost a partner is you do miss that intimacy with somebody and wanting to be loved again. And I think there's nothing wrong in that. And I'm sorry for me saying that, but I don't think that disregards your dad. I could imagine that if you sat down with your stepmom and said all of this, she could come out with some stuff that might really surprise you. You never know with her and her new partner, your dad could be a real constant in there and he could be talked about a lot celebrated a lot that's what I hope for that's what I hope for so my little bit of piece of advice with this would be to summarize sit down with her I hope you have got that relationship and even if you don't I think for your peace of mind to get this off your chest and that is kind of what like I've done with my dad um it's been explosive at times. I'm not going to lie and say it's all honky-dory and that kind of, you get it off your chest and they kind of be really receptive to it and they're like, oh yeah, okay, well, I respect that. And da, da, da. Um, there could be, it could be a bit combative. 
I think you need to have the conversation. So for that roundhouse and, and me like therapy dumping on you there, but it is extremely hard when, let's say like in my, the remaining parent gets a new partner and in this, and in this case as well. Um, so I'm sending a shit ton of love. If you want to reach out and we can, we can talk about it more in the DMs. Um, absolutely. My DMs are always open. This one's short and sweet, like it. Sometimes it may not be possible to fulfill some of their dreams slash wishes. Is that okay? I always love the questions that leave with, is that okay? Because I was like, yeah, yeah, it totally is. It totally bloody is. Um, And what is normal? What is normal and not normal in grief? When I saw this dilemma come in, I, the first thing I kind of wanted to say was that the key, the key part in that, what was coming up for me was it was their wishes. Now stick with me here. It was their wishes. And I think that I went into a quite similar state like this of, I have to fulfill all of my mum's like last wishes that she wanted to do. And I mean, there wasn't a great deal and kind of like um, enormous bucket list type of things. But I really, I think I began to get into a state where I started living and uh, manufacturing my life to fulfill my mum's wishes, lifestyle and almost character. I think there was a stage in my life where I almost tried to emulate my mum. I have elements of my mum of course I'm her daughter but I really almost started to (laughs) become a mini Sue um and with that really wanted to fulfill some of those wishes I don't know what these wishes are whether they're kind of um feasible like doable are they really like out there kind of wishes or are they even sometimes sometimes their wishes might actually go against potentially I don't know maybe your own moral compass moral compass or something you actually think actually I don't really want to do that so when we're talking in the part of like okay not fulfilling their wishes is this a case of like it's actually not doable like I cannot do this it's like just not attainable um or is it a thing of I can't fulfill these wishes because I don't want to or it's too difficult to it's too painful to and so when if it's a question of that of if it's too painful to like I can't do this I don't think I don't think it's good for me to go out and fulfill this that's when I think we should look at how we can honor them in different ways and there are so many different ways that you can honor them and honor their legacy in ways that maybe they they might have said that they wanted it to be done and so I think, yeah, I would say if it's not, if it's not possible or you don't want to fulfill their wishes, then it's completely okay. You can honor them in whatever way feels comfortable and respectful to you, I believe. Um, because if you don't, and I think if you live, live in a, in a way, and again, this is kind of, I, I can only ever speak from my own personal context, you will burn the fuck out. And then there's another part of this is where, um, okay, you're fulfilling their wishes but in a way, like I, I would sit there and I would think I would fulfill some of the things my mum wanted wanted to, to do. Um, but then almost, and maybe this is a shallow way of me thinking, I was like, 
okay, but where's the gratification? Because the person I've done it for is dead. <laughs> Sorry to be blunt, but this was me. I thought, right, okay, I've just gone and ticked X, Y, Z off mum's wish list or things that she said that she wanted to do or that like we wanted, to, she wanted us to do, etc. Um, and I've done it. And it was such an anticlimax. But when I started flipping the script and I went, right, I want to honour my mum and fulfil wishes for myself that honour her. For me, it gave me more validation. I'm a validation seeker. What can I bloody say? <laughs> On this next one, I've had to call in one of my girlies, one of my homegirls, because I can't relate to this one. And that's not with it. Kind of, it is in terms of grief, but it's, it's in terms of... um. Uh, outer world of grief. So the question is, dating while grieving. I feel so nervous about when slash if to bring up my grief. And so dating while grieving has come up so much in my DMs, in comments of like, please do an episode on this, Amber. And it has been in my, on my whiteboard that's in front of me right now of full episodes to do. So I think this is quite a nice little um, intro to that. And to hold tight, we will do a full episode on dating while grieving. But to satisfy your ears right now, I called upon my friend Helen to ask her about dating while grieving. And so she's so very kindly left me a little voice note. So hold tight, I'm going to pull that up. Dating while grieving. So to this, I would say it's a it's a really it's a really good question because we all have to go through it. If you are single, you're you're gonna have to date whether when if your parent has passed. And it's really interesting because I feel like a very normal question that someone asks when you're dating is like, oh, what do your parents do? And I found myself sometimes speaking about my dad in present tense, like oh yeah he's a civil engineer or sometimes past tense like I would with any other situation but inevitably at some point it does come up that you know your parent is past and like whether you want to talk about that and explain your whole life story sometimes you do and sometimes it's nice to find someone who's like receptive to speaking about it and sometimes you're just like saying it because it's matter of fact and I think that's the same when it comes to like friends and any other setting in your life if you're going to talk about your bereaved person um, but, you know, I think if you're in the early depths of your grief, like, there is no need to date. Like, I know I did date, and now I think back to it, I did, I probably shouldn't have been, because at the end of the day, um, I think it's quite easy to get into, like, trauma bonding when you're not, like, settled within yourself, and you're bereaved, and you're just trying to work through life, and all your friends are dating, so you don't want to just, like, be this, you still want to be on the same trajectory as all your other friends but I think it's also important that like you know who you are and you're you know who you know how settled you are within your grief because then when someone asks you like oh like what does your ex you know the, the, your bereaved parent do or something you don't feel like that's such a question that throws you off so much because you've given yourself time to actually like process that and you're not bringing that to a relationship that's what I think there she is. That is my lovely friend Helen, who is also a fellow podcaster. And she, her podcast is called Let's Get Litical. Let's get litical, litical. Um, so I hope that was a, a nice bit of advice there from a fellow grieving data. Um, 
I I can't relate to that because um, I have I, I've, I can categorically say I have I've never dated in my life, um, and that's not because I'm a hermit because I'm absolutely stunning and I would be an absolute catch if I was single. But um, I've been with my partner since I was sixteen, and I think any kind of dating quote unquote before that was not classified as dating. But yeah, I think Helen made some really key points there of kind of that feeling, kind of yeah like right if it, maybe it's you're not ready to date yet if kind of the thought of it coming up is a real palm sweater um maybe to sit back and reflect there and think right am I am I ready because I think quite naturally it will come up in dating um so thank you Helen for that piece of advice and thank you for that person who wrote in next dilemma and I'm probably going to wrap it up with this one because I'm trying to keep these nice and short and sweet because I know that's what you guys apparently like you like a bit of a variety of the long ones long episodes and the short ones so let's go after experiencing an incredibly traumatic and sudden loss how do people move move forward in their lives without the fear of it constantly happening again sometimes I feel I've made peace it was extraordinary circumstances my brother was killed serving in Afghanistan but sometimes the sheer panic and fear of it happening again to someone I love is overwhelming and I cannot move past it I feel I need to be constantly prepared for it like I'm living on the edge of my seat in flight or fight mode. I now have children and at times I wake in the night and run to check on them just in case. How do people continue in their lives without the fear of what's coming? That last line there, how do people continue in their lives without the fear of what's coming? When I saw this dilemma, it really made me think about death anxiety and death anxiety, um, can be I think attached to yourself and your own your own health and your own your own death and um, but obviously it can be attached to those that you love and those who remain around you when you have lost somebody to quite a traumatic death and I think I think traumatic death um especially in these circumstances and how that your brother died is extremely traumatic and extraordinary circumstances I think a tra- a, a, a t- attaching the word like traumatic um I think can be applied for kind of how anyone dies whether in your eyes you you feel um you had quote unquote like I like to say like the Hollywood grief where um like the perfect death there's a, a perfect death a good death they died elderly they died peacefully they died um comfortably um, it can still be quite traumatic. Having somebody in your life one day and not the next is a very traumatic ordeal. Um, but to speak in context with this, the fear, living with the fear and that death anxiety around who's next? Who's next in my life? And I will refer back to a post that I saw quite some time ago and it was kind of like you you feel like or you hope for that when you lose somebody so significant in your life that kind of that's it like you're capped like you're capped like I have gone through this horrific thing and surely that is the last thing the world is going to spew at me I physically and emotionally cannot take any other kind of loss and it almost um what they wrote were kind of like you know you have almost like an insurance policy like insurance policy yeah you've had one death you're covered now for the next 20 30 whatever years and um and sometimes I know I kind of felt like that and then I had a relative die back in November last year and I thought well that's my policy up policy's fucked going back to the kind of the point that I made in the beginning with the other dilemma of kind of you and I don't know how long ago you didn't say how long ago that your brother died 
I think there'll always be an element that we live with it. And I know that's probably not a bit of hopeful or positive maybe advice, but it's something that you live with. Um, And I have no shame to say that I still have that sheer panic as well. So I hope for me saying that, you know, that you're not alone and that it is a normal thing. Um, And that even me now, sometimes in the dead of the night, I will really panic and think about kind of sometimes the old relatives in my life or if my dad's coming late home, I'm thinking, is he okay? Has something awful happened? Or there's one specific time, I don't know if I've spoken about it on the podcast or not, when my partner, we were, he was at home and we were texting and then he just dropped off, he just stopped texting and we live, our, our, our family homes live about, 35 to 40 minutes away door to door and in my panic there was nothing that instigated something is wrong we were texting fine it just stopped and I got up this is the middle of the night this is I kid you not about midnight got in my car and drove to his house I have a key and so I came in burst through his bedroom door like in hysterics and the guy was just fast asleep in his bed I think he was drunk um and he woke up and went what are you doing here I went and I bust down and I went I thought you died I thought you've died he went Amber and I think in that moment I think he realized I think that was quite a big thing for him to realize she's going to live with this forever and I think it was kind of the unsaid was said between us and I was a bit like this is forever kind of these small bouts and they're not frequent. And I I hope for you that listening to this, they will lessen and lessen, but they think they will always stay. That's that trauma. That's just kind of deep rooted in us in the fear of who's next and when is it going to be, but to give kind of a little, a little tip that since that day for me, when I did that, I realise, Amber, something something has to be put in place where when moments like that happen, instead of immediately grabbing the keys, going or immediately calling somebody, are you okay, is everything all right, and panicking, I've been in the real tears, was this kind of, I can't remember the ins and outs of it, but I, I just do it and what the, I can't remember what the actual structure is behind it, but in those moments to stop, pause, instead of immediately rushing to do something and kind of really getting in that moment um, is to count five things in the room that you're in. And I think this is a tip and a strategy that is used for many people who suffer with anxiety to stop, to pause, to count five things in the room. So you're looking, you're like, right, lamp, desk, whatever it is, you know, and count down. And if even after five, you're still feeling heightened stuff, you go again. You keep going until your breath comes back. So that's a little tip that I would say. But then also, if you do genuinely feel that this is something that impacts your day-to-day life and how you live, I would encourage you to speak to a professional who would be qualified and trained to unpack traumatic losses such as the one that you have been through. Losing a brother in combat in Afghanistan is 
extremely extraordinary circumstances and there are people out there that are qualified and will help you through this to ensure that you can live a day-to-day life without having this anxiety and this fear course through your body. So thank you to everybody who has wrote in today for the Deaf Dilemma segment. I'll say it be short and sweet. It's nearly about 40 minutes. Bloody hell. Um, if you would like to write in a Deaf Dilemma, you can email me at amber.jeffrey at thegriefgang.com. You can drop me a DM or keep your eyes peeled. I tend to put up little question boxes on the Instagram stories where most of you have wrote in today. Um Like I said, come and join us over at the Patreon at Unpacking Grief. Really, really excited to get the the ball like proper rolling with that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be juicy. Um, And yeah, we're nearly at the end of season three. I mean, it's been a bloody long season and I am plotting and scheming the next season, season four that will come back kind of end of summer. But I need to take a break soon. It's been so fun, but your girl needs a break. Um, So thank you as always. Big love. Take care of yourself. I have been your host, Amber Jeffrey, and this is the Grief Gang Podcast. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it and it set your week off to a great start. Whether you've laughed a little, cried a little, I mean, I think crying is good for the soul, or you've resonated with something that was said, thank you for listening and spending time out of your day to do so. If you like what you hear, please do rate, review and subscribe. In doing so, you're ensuring that lots more people get to find the Grief Gang podcast and hopefully help them too. If you're not already, check out the Grief Gang on social media platforms such as Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. I'm most active on the Instagram page where I love, love, love to connect with you all. For now, take care and big, big love. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.